Welcome back, guys, to another episode of The Winner Circle, brought to you by Grande Sports Training, a podcast where we dive deep into the mindset of soccer players that have played at a professional level. Today, we have Paula Quintero, former professional women's soccer player for Independiente Santa Fe. Paula, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. How are you passing this quarantine time? Oh, man. Well, it's uh, weird times, but I'm actually um, studying a lot now since I'm doing a master program. So this time is perfect for me and I have a lot of time to study and focus on that. But at the same time, I am staying active. You know, I just can't like get away from playing a soccer ball with a soccer ball or juggling or you know working out I feel like I have to stay active maybe it's just like the athlete in me I just have to of course no of course that's good do you have a set schedule for yourself like do you study in the mornings and then and then train or you train first um it actually varies sometimes uh I do have class from eight in the morning to around 1 p.m since I have two classes a day and after that, I do train, but sometimes um, I have a neighbor that really likes to wake up early and <laughs> run. So I have actually woken up before class to run about four miles or so, but it's not been a lot that I've done that. It's usually after class. You like working out more in the afternoon? Yes. Yeah. I understand. There's a lot. I don't understand how people work out early in the mornings, but sometimes it needs to be done, right? Yeah, yeah, no, you actually feel great after it. I yeah. see sunrise and it's like great, you know. So, Paula, I have a, a interesting question for you. You signed for Independiente Santa Fe in Colombia. Is that your hometown team? Actually, yes. Um, I, I was born in Bogota, Colombia, and Santa Fe is in Bogota, Colombia. Almost all my family lives there. And uh, it was Santa Fe is my dad's favorite team. You know, he grew up watching it and he's been a fan since. So it's also very special in that sense that I was able to play there and sign. So can you walk us through the process of how you came to sign for Santa Fe and how, how that feeling was like once you stepped on the field for the first time with the, the jersey on your back? <laughs> Well, actually, um, it was a very unexpected opportunity, you know. I was, at the time, um, I, I really wanted to play pro. Obviously, it's, it's been a dream of mine since I started playing. Um, but I was just, you know, following, <laughs> trusting the process, like how people say, but working hard. And at the time, I was actually in Texas playing for a semi-pro team. It's called TTI Blue Bonnets. And out of nowhere, I get a message from um, a coach. He's saying, I haven't heard of him for like four years. And he messages me and he's like, oh, I've been following um, your soccer career. Um, I saw you played in college. How are you doing now? So we kind of had that conversation. And then he was happy to see how well I was doing. So he said, oh, well, I'm going to be a head coach in a professional team in Colombia. Would you be interested? So obviously, in my head was like, wait, what? Um, and I really wanted it to be Santa Fe. I think <laughs> that is what I really visualized it. I'm like, I want this. If this team is Santa Fe, like I'm packing my bags and I'm leaving. So obviously, he said, I'm a head coach for Independiente. I'm going to be a head coach for Independiente Santa Fe. So instantly, like I... I call my parents, I, you know, make the decision. I have to talk to my head coach in, in Texas. You know, I was only there for a week. I didn't even get to play season in Texas. And I booked my flight and I took off. I came to Miami, picked up my clothes. The next day I was already in Colombia. It's quick. And then um, I got to train with the team and then I was already signing. <laughs> That's amazing. That's an amazing story. So once you did receive that message, uh, what went through your head? Were you like in shock? Were you, I mean, it sounds like you were in shock, but like, can you walk us deep? deep yeah, deep yeah. What you thought that like your whole childhood flashed before your eyes once you found <laughs> out it was your hometown club, especially that your family supported? I mean, it's a moment that 
um, obviously it's like a dream that's you're about to accomplish and you like don't believe it at first you're like wait what is this really happening like <laughs> you know but after it I just went through with it and I'm just doing each step until I get to the contract and when I finally signed it's just like whoa this is real life and it's it's happening <laughs> it was like a, a moment of relief right like yeah damn, I made it happiness of course that's amazing that's amazing so before uh before this whole dream came true at what age did Paula start playing soccer and at what age did you want to be a professional soccer player of course um every time people ask me that they kind of get surprised because actually soccer was not my first love <laughs> um when i i was born in colombia like i told you and growing up as a little girl um as far as i can remember i was a tennis player i was playing tennis so i grew up i was born basically playing tennis <laughs> and um at the time when I lived in Colombia, you never saw girls playing soccer. It wasn't really accessible, you know? So I was just focused on playing tennis. And my dream in that age was I want to be a professional tennis player. You know, it wasn't until I turned 10 years old that we had to move to the United States because of my dad's job. And um, I was still playing tennis, though, you know? Out of nowhere, my dad puts my brother in a local soccer club and then he tells me, oh, there's a girl playing soccer. Like, would you want to try it out? And I'm like, what? There's a girl playing soccer? <laughs> like, what? That's so weird, you know? But I always, even though I didn't really play it as much as tennis, I, I always liked it, you know? I would play in the neighborhood, like, with my, my friends, even though I was the only girl. But I would still play sometimes just for fun. And I tried it out. It was only me and another girl in a, a club full of boys. And, you know, I was like, no, I still want to, I just want to play tennis. So I continued playing. I left soccer and I played tennis until my dad again came back and a few years later. And he goes, oh my God, there's a whole girls team now. And I'm like, oh, there's a whole girls soccer team. That's amazing. So then that is when I went to try out and I went um, to play soccer. I was uh, probably around 12 years old, maybe 13. And I joined the team. Obviously, I was playing tennis and soccer at the same time. Um, mostly more competitive in tennis. But it got to a point where my head coach um, from my soccer team said you can't be missing soccer practice or because you have a tennis game like you have to choose now it came to a point where you have to choose sports and till this day it's kind of hard for me to really think how that decision was made because I was way better at tennis I had been playing tennis since I was basically born but I guess it was a decision that came from my heart and I chose soccer and since that decision I that's where my soccer career started. I never looked back to tennis. It's like when you break up with someone, you just leave that person behind. I never went back to tennis and my focus was on soccer. That's, that's interesting to say. Do you, so going back to when you started playing tennis, um, it seems like you had already developed a, a love for a sport and you just wanted to be really good at tennis. Yes. Right? Um, did you have uh, a big influence in that sense? Like, did somebody influence you really uh, a lot to become a better tennis player? Yeah, of course. Um, my dad has been my biggest influence in both sports. So at the time when I was uh, uh, playing tennis, his dream was for me to become a professional tennis player. So he is the one that basically built, helped me build that mindset of, you know, being a pro one day and then um actually for him it was kind of heartbreaking <laughs> that I chose soccer over over tennis because he wasn't used to um girls playing soccer you know um at that time and sometimes even now it's hard for people in like Latin America to to be like wait girls are actually good at soccer <laughs> mm -hmm. but he ended up um 
just supporting me in soccer and he fell in love with me playing soccer so he was also influencing um, myself a lot in that mindset of now bec- wanting to become a professional soccer player. Did you did you uh, train a lot with your dad? Yeah, of course. Um, so when I quit tennis and I just said I want to be play soccer and soccer, like my passion grew so much. And my dad, um, like I told you, he supported me and he's the one that taught me how to kick a soccer ball <laughs> you know I would obviously go to trains um in the soccer club but even before or after I would train with my dad and my brother that also played and we would just be in the soccer field for hours and he would be like okay you have to pass like this he would put like his hand on my foot so I can kick it like learn how to kick it um in the air so he he was a big influence and growing up um I trained a lot with my dad on the side. And in your household, did you guys mostly watch soccer or was there some tennis in there too? <laughs> so obviously at the beginning, yes, there was a lot of tennis. Um, I remember when we first got here, you know, how I, I said I was still playing tennis. Us four is my mom, my dad, my brother and I, we would just go on the weekend and play tennis all the time. And we watched tennis. We would go to the U.S. Open. Like we were huge fans of tennis. And um, that started changing <laughs> as I quit tennis. So now it like reversed. And now, um, like I said, I was, instead of going to play tennis with my dad, I was playing soccer and playing soccer with my brother and watching soccer so much, like all day, every day. <laughs> so the, I think that that seems like it played a big influence on uh, you wanting to stick with the sport, with soccer. Um, so once you started playing, you started playing with the girls team, right? At what age did you feel like, man, I'm pretty good at this sport? <laughs> okay, so um, at around 12 or 13 is when I started in this soccer club. It was obviously recreational. And I, like I told you, my passion for it started growing and I really started to notice like it was something natural for me, you know, to the other girls I have been playing since they were like two or three years old. And me that, literally was just like just started (laughs) um what shifted that was actually my head coach he um went to up to my parents and I and he said to us listen I think Paula should try out a team with a higher um competitiveness and that is when he suggested we go to Kendall soccer club at the time um it was a higher division in a sense, higher, more competitive. Obviously it was farther away from my house, but you know, I was like, this is amazing. Yes, I want to try it out. And we went to Kendall and made that transition. I then I tried out with Kendall, played summer league with them, and I stayed there for a couple of years. And that's what also lifted up my game more. Were you were you scared to go into a more competitive training? With a better team? Um, did, did that cross your mind? I don't know about scared, but um, as a little girl, I was always uh, shy. So I was intimidated, but that didn't really stop me. <laughs> so you, it sounds like you're kind of, you know, you're intimidated by the fact that you're going to dive into a more competitive team, but you're kind of like Paula. Young Paula's <laughs> like, let's do it. I want to yeah. learn. Yeah, I wanted. I always wanted to get better. And Obviously, um, throughout my journey, as I go into the next team and the next team, uh, the first times, because of my shyness, it's hard for me to adapt to a team. It's always been like this. Um, even college, even, you know, Santa Fe, the first days, it's, it's just hard for me to adapt to a team. But that just forces me to keep on working harder and harder until I'm able to adapt to the team. And, and how, how would you deal with adapting to the team? Like, were there moments where you were, let's say, in the locker room or, you know, mentally preparing before going to training? Like, were there things that you would say to yourself to to adapt quicker, to adapt better? Um, I, I feel like, like I said, um, my dad played a big role in that because he knew how I was better than anyone else. So he was actually the one that would motivate me the most. And it's something that 
I needed because as I told you, you're someone that's uh, very shy and doesn't really go outside their comfort zone. It's hard for you to um, achieve more. So he would be like, he would tell me like, you're, you're good. You're good enough to be here. Like you have to believe in yourself. You know, he's the one that always instilled that mindset in me. And over the years, um, I took that mindset, you know, and that's why I was able to achieve a dream. So it's, it's, it sounds like your dad played a humongous role in your life and, and influenced a lot of and how you think. Um, when was the time that you felt that you didn't need, I mean, you always need those words of encouragement from, you know, the most influential person in your life. But I feel like there comes a moment in someone's life that, okay, I'm listening to what you're saying to me and I believe it, but I already told myself that, like, I already know, I, I already know I got it. I already know I'm going to play well. I already know I'm good enough. Was there ever a moment that you kind of like left those words of encouragement from your dad and just like follow myself? That's it. I get it. I know. I feel like it actually, ha um, not so long ago, I feel like college is something that when I was not the beginning, because I struggled a lot at the beginning, but towards the end, um, that, you know, college is really, I think, what shaped my mentality and sharpened it because I was challenged not only a lot physically, but mentally and since then like i didn't really need you know encouragement words from my dad it's just like i know what i can do you know and since then my mindset was set and uh what college did you go to and how did you get there Oof. um i went to florida international university it's a division one and actually before you know that dream of mine of playing pro like i said I wanted to play division one soccer. So that's another accomplishment that I had. And it all came down to my club team. Um, like I told you, I was able to play in Kendall and that's when where I met the head coach of FIU. He saw me when I was in middle school. And since then, like he followed my whole journey. And he actually uh, asked me to play for his uh, club team. They were, there was, it was a team that was about four or five years older than me. <laughs> so that was a huge challenge. I, I did some showcases with that team, but um, essentially I decided to stay with my age group simply because I wanted to be a, a leader and I was the captain of the team too and I wanted to lead my team. But since then is when my, the coach from FIU was interested and, won, and also part that played a role in why I chose this uh, school is because first I wanted to be a division one and also I wanted it to be close to my home. So I did get a lot of other um, colleges and because I was going to showcases and even after Kendall I played in Pinecrest Premier where we were state cup uh, champions in 2013 and we went to more showcases so that is how I was able to get a scholarship and pay for FIU. And I actually verbally committed very early on. When I was a junior in high school, I was already verbally committed. That's awesome. You said a few key points that it seems interesting to me. Uh, the first one is that you were able to train in a, uh, a team where they were five years older than you. Yes. And you kind of you kind of just went in there and just took it on, right? And then... Ultimately, you decided to come back to your squad because you wanted to be a leader and you, you were the captain of the team. Did you ever feel like an extra sense of responsibility that, you know, like, oh, I don't know if I should be the captain or I don't know if I should be the leader? And if you didn't, why? Well, obviously, um, like I've told you, I was someone that um, was shy, but... Yeah, so it's interesting. You know, you're a shy person, but you're the leader of this team and you're the captain. And that you know actually, what I mean? Yeah, I was actually the captain also in my uh, former uh, club team when I first started the in from Draw Soccer Club. I went to AC Milan and I was a captain there too. And all the coaches always that made me a captain always said I was a silent leader. So, you know, I it wasn't really 
the one to speak out and scream at everyone. I was just being a leader with how I play and how I work, my work ethic. And that is how I just wanted to make my teammates better by playing. So that's how I became captain. Okay. No, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I, I know there's different types of leaders and yeah. you're the silent leader type. Um, but you just let your, your feet do the talking, your work ethic do the talking. And, you know, from what you've told me, it, it sounds like it just was instilled in you just to, you know, constantly get better, get better, get better. And you kind of created that environment within your team with just talking with your gameplay. That's, that's interesting. You know, and I feel like a lot of players don't have that ability to do that as, as easily. You know, it's not that easy to, to make that happen. Mm-hmm. But that, that's, that's awesome. So after, you know, you, you play in college, you get the scholarship to go to uh, FIU. And, you know, it was one of your accomplishments to, to train, uh, to play at a D1 and stay close at home. So it seems like you kind of had these, like, goals in line that you're, you're just checking off the list one by one, one by one. And your first year in college, how was that transition, you know, from playing from as a teenager and, and you know, uh, local clubs going into college? How was that transition like? Well, actually, before we go into college, I had a very special experience. Um, this was in 2014. And I was I played for the national team of my country of Colombia. I played in the World Cup qualifiers when we went to Uruguay. So I feel that experience, um, it was a dream come true as well, but that experience really shaped my, I guess my mentality more going into college. Cause you knew, you got called up by the national team. Not everybody gets called up by the national team. Is that when like you knew like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good at this sport. <laughs> like I got called up. I mean, it wasn't easy though, you know, whenever you achieve certain dreams, it's like, it's a lot that goes behind it. And for example, at the time, everyone, well, some people asked me like, well, how did you, how did you get there? Like, who did you call? Like what happened? And it was another situation that I didn't really expect either. Like wh- how I told you about Santa Fe, like I wasn't really expecting it. It just sort of happened. And how it happened, how I got there is um, I was training and I got invited to, uh, I was training with a lot of club teams at the time. And I, uh, one of one of my teammates or former teammate, she was also from Colombia and her dad told us that there was uh, two national coaches from Colombia coming and they wanted to train girls. So I was like, this is the perfect time like to be seen. So I jumped at it and I went to train with them. And since I trained with them, they weren't the current head coaches from the national team. They were the former ones. But since then they spoke to my parents and me and they said, Paula is at the level to play um, in the national team. So wow. since then, they gave us the contact of the current uh, national team. And how, how old were you at, at that time when you went to train with the national uh, team? I was 18. I was 18. 18. So yeah. it, it's interesting because you saw the opportunity and you jumped right at it. You took it. Yeah. You, know, and you, you put yourself in that position. Like that's all, you know, your hard work and everything. Uh, just leads you to put yourself in that situation and put yourself in those moments where you can be seen or you can jump up from one level to the next, you know, and that, that's interesting. That's interesting to hear because I feel like a lot of players um, are nervous at first. There's those players that are kind of afraid to take that jump and, and take that risk to put themselves in a situation that might take them to the next level. But it wasn't like that for you, was it? No, not at all. I mean, I jumped at any opportunity that I could get. Every opportunity is, it was a, a yes for me. It didn't matter how, how hard it was. I always jumped at it. And when it comes to um, the national team, obviously at the time um, I was kind of young. But like I told you, my dad was the one that also pushed me. He's also an influence. He's like, 
you should go, like, go. And I'm like, okay, yes, yes, I'm going to go. And it was a challenge because I, it wasn't like I was already in the team right away, you know. I had to, I just got one tryout the first time. I flew to Colombia. I tried out with the team and um, the head coach saw me play a little bit. It wasn't much. And um, everyone there had also been in U15 and U17. Like it was a, a whole group already set up. You know, I was, I was kind of like the new girl. Um, and coming from the United States, everyone has like a different perception of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did the trial. I, I felt like I did well. And the head coach actually liked how I played. However, I wasn't fit enough to to join so he said I'm gonna give you one more chance and um, I forgot exactly the, the time frame that it was and he said I'm gonna give you this amount of time and you're gonna come here and try out again and if you're not fit you're not making the team so obviously it was a huge challenge and in my mind I was like I want I want this so since I got back from Colombia um, my mind was like, I have to get fit. I got a private trainer and we trained almost every day, if not twice, maybe sometimes three times a day. And sometimes I would even train on my own before going to train with a private trainer. I was running mountains. I was doing so much. I'm like, I need this. It's my one opportunity to fulfill a dream. So the time, the time comes, um, I have to fly to Colombia to the tryout again. And I was already more confident because I was fit and I was, uh, you know, confident in my abilities. So I, since I tried out and I stayed there and that's when I got the opportunity to um, be in the World Cup qualifying squad and go to Uruguay. But um, obviously I wasn't a starter, not gonna lie to you. and. I only played the last game and that's because we were already eliminated. But that game, um, I still have it very clear in my mind. It's something I'll never forget. You know, I was a starter for my Colombian national team. You know, everything you do prior to to game time, you know, we pray, we do all of this. And I was wearing my jersey with my last name, representing my country. You You go outside and it's in a stadium, um, you sing the national anthem, and it's just, I just had goosebumps the whole time, and, and the whole time, I was like, I was praying, I was like, please, God, be with me in this moment, like, I just, and at the same time, I was also very grateful, I'm like, whoa, this is, I'm just, this is amazing, I can't explain the feeling, and I was so happy that I even started crying of happiness, (laughs) and obviously, all my teammates, that have done this for since they were like 14 they've been in the national team you know I was the the new girl of the team there were some girls were like why are you crying you know (laughs) but it was just my moment and I'm someone that's very emotional obviously it's a dream come true so from then I played almost the whole game and I played very well um even my teammates and my coaches talked to me after the game they were hugging me they were like oh my God, who was that out there? Like, it was another player. <laughs> no, because I was so focused and I was so in the moment. That's, that's such a great story. Um, it's, it's interesting, you, you pointed out that you were confident in your own abilities once you came back. And how would you say, what would you, was there a shift in mindset from the Paula that came the first trial to the Paula that came second trial? Yeah, of course. Well, that's and it was that self confidence, right? I always tell a lot of my players that, you know, self awareness and having that self confidence is super important. And what I believe it is is you know putting in the hours and putting in the work. Yes. I mean, you you struggled throughout those those hours of practice, running those long distances, messing up those touches, but keep at it until you get it perfect. But when you look back at it. It's like all those little details added up to get you prepared for that moment. And you did come prepared. So once you, once you know you're prepared, you come in with all this confidence that you're like, nobody's going nobody's gonna to tell me anything. Mm-hmm. And that, that seems like that's how it felt. 
And then uh, you also mentioned that, you know, you, you flew to Colombia, you did that whole process, but I'm curious to see how, what was, what was uh, going through your mind when you were in the airplane flying to Colombia for the first time for the first trial with the national team? Like what was going through your mind? What are you thinking about? (laughs) Well, this is a long time ago, but I'm, I'm sure I was nervous. Not gonna lie, I was nervous. And um, the first try, especially, I wasn't as confident, like you said. I wasn't training like twice or three times um, before going to this. But at the same time, I was, I would looked at it as something positive. You know, it's a open door, it's an opportunity that I was taking. So at the same time, I was very proud of myself too and I was excited no that's awesome because again this is another like uh stage in your life but it was another opportunity and you just took it yeah you just grabbed it ran with it and took it and then you had the opportunity to even come back again you know I, I feel like in 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 the soccer world it's you know you need a little bit of talent a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, a lot of luck sometimes because there's so much competition around the world you know you never know who's watching and you just have to be in the right moment at the right time and if it's not working out for you what happens I, I feel like you just need to put yourself in those situations and it seems like you did that you know throughout your your soccer journey but you know playing that last game and you know it seems like God was really with you you were really focused you did your thing you you played a really great game. Um, did you what, what was uh, going through your mind when you were, you know, playing like after the national anthem? You know, you said you were emotional and everything. But after, did you just shift from like boom, it's time to work? Yeah, I mean, it was. I stopped. Obviously, I stopped crying, and I was just really, really focused on the game. Like, you know, sometimes. Uh, some athletes say they can't hear the crowd because you're so focused. Like, that's exactly how I was. I was like, focus on the game, focus on what I have to do. Obviously, I had the help from uh, my teammates, you know, guiding me because that was my first game. But, man, I've never been <laughs> so focused focused in that time. And, and what, do you like- think, what do you think made you get so focused? Because, you know, you're still Paola from, you know, a couple months back but now you're you're actually playing at a different stage do you think it was a, that environment that you were in just kind of like snapped you into it and be like boom super focused you yeah i think so i think that made a huge role yeah of course i mean i was prior to getting that moment i was just training and doing my best uh, in training and you know having teammates that want to make you feel better and they kind of give you that confidence as well is something that I took along and it made me really prepared for that game. That's awesome. That's awesome. So after, after that game, do you feel that you changed as a player in some sort of way? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think I changed a lot. Um, Not only mentally, but also um, my skills improved so much from playing with Colombia because you know, here in the United States, um, or in Miami, I would say, it's not usual to see a girl with good skills, or like, and not good skills, I mean, like skills as, how would I describe this? Like that touch the ball, the ball a lot, or like, you know, do little tricks on the field, or roll the ball a lot, you know, they just do the basics. Mm-hmm. So when I came back, um, So players with that little bit of flair. Yeah, yeah, like that flair, exactly. Um, That was the type of player you were? Yeah, I would say I was uh, always a very technical and skillful player, rather than physical and aggressive. Of course, of course. After after Colombia, after that experience that you had, um, what was uh, next for you? What happened next? Well... Obviously, after that game, um, my head coach was uh, impressed with my style of play and he wanted to keep the doors open. And he said, um, he said, I was at the time already verbally committed to Florida International University. I was already, you know, my plan was already to go to college, but he he told me and my parents um, 
that if I want to, you know, I could get even the opportunity to continue to be on the national team if I stay in Colombia and I practice with clubs in Colombia. So like my, my style of play could be like theirs and just grow up more as a player with their style of play rather than, you know, from the United States. But obviously like one of my dreams was also to be a division one um, player. And as a female, it's <laughs> kind of hard at the time, especially to choose, you know, that over an education and a sport, you know? So after that is when I just went into my college career. And you, you obviously weighed out the, the pros and cons and you came up with that decision. And I mean, it ultimately, I feel like, you know, it, every, like I said, I think every player has a different path, a different journey. And you have to choose what works best for you. And this is what you wanted to do. So if that's what you want to do, you know, always go for it. Because there's always going to be a lot of background noise and a lot of different opinions from other people. And, oh, you should do this, you should do that. But ultimately, it should always be what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so after, you know, you played at, at college uh, and you, you told me, you know, around maybe the second, third year, you kind of felt more independent with your mindset. You know what I mean? The younger Paola to the older Paola in college, um, how would you describe them, those two? Well, the reason I say that is because coming into my freshman year of college, I struggled a lot. I had huge challenges that I wasn't really prepared for. Um, so there's still stories I feel like that go around of me and my freshman year. Um, so I came in as a player, obviously, um, I had a good relationship with the coach. So I kind of led that and I knew I was uh, skillful. You know, I had the experience of playing uh, with Colombia. So I would say I didn't prepare myself as much physically into college. And that really really set me back uh, coming into my freshman year. So, um, you know, in college you have fitness tests and fitness tests for college was extremely hard. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. And my coach uh, at the time, um, his priority was fitness over soccer. And obviously I struggled with that. Um, so I came into college, um, I was, I'm not going to lie to you, I was scared because <laughs> I was scared of running. And um, this is the story that goes on in me as a freshman. So first, I don't pass a fitness test. It's a lot, actually a lot of us that don't pass a fitness test. And if you don't pass a fitness test, you're in this extra fitness group in preseason. Um, obviously I was in that with almost all the freshmen <laughs> and there was a, you get a second a try at your fitness test. And at this time I was not only already running a lot because I was in the extra fitness group, but I was one of the few players, uh, freshies that had playing time as well. So it was the second time to run this fitness test. And I, I was so scared for it because at this time I'm like, you know, when you have someone that screams at you every time, it's kind of like I was scared of running. So I, my heart is pounding out of my chest when I'm on the line to run the second time in the fitness test. And I, I'm the first one that doesn't even make the first sprint, right? <laughs> so instantly my coach screams at me and he kicks me out of practice because he can't believe someone is not able to pass the first sprint <laughs> so I'm crying going to the locker room eventually my head coach um calls me back and calls me to train and I'm just crying as a little freshie and he ends up apologizing to me afterwards and you know saying that he's just pushing me because he he knows what type of player I am so we continue on this then a second thing happens um i'm getting more confident i'm doing well 
in this field, um, I would say out of like five freshies, uh, only two of us ha were having playing time as freshies. And I actually uh, got a starting position um, in my freshman year and I started two games and I was doing very well. So from that to that, you know, it's a, a challenge I, I achieved of getting the starting lineup as a freshman. But again, <laughs> one day um, we are going to practice uh, really early in the morning around 7 a.m. So, you know, as a student athlete, you have two priorities. Not only soccer, you have to also do your, your thing on um, school. So one night I, I'm studying late and I, I put the alarm, but I didn't notice I put it to 7 p.m. instead of 7 a.m. <sighs> so um, the next day I'm just sleeping, you know, and out of nowhere, I hear someone knocking super hard on my door. I'm like, oh my God, I look at my phone instantly and I know what's happening. I know I'm, I'm like 30 minutes late to practice. And I open the door and like one of my teammates that's injured, it's just like, yeah, you gotta go. And I'm like, oh my God, like I'm sprinting to the field. I go to the wrong field, I go to the other field. Like my, my shirt falls, like all this is happening. And mind you, like I, I'm a starter. So like when you're starting college, you actually you practice more, you get more practicing time. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, if, um, if I do my best in training, if I absolutely kill it, if I go 100%, like he won't make me run at the end or he won't punish me. So that's what I did. Obviously, I went on practice, like super embarrassed, but I apologized to my coach and he, he looked fine with it. And I just gave it 100% in practice, you know. At the end of that practice, I was like – exhausted but again he says the words <laughs> all right team we we're a team we have to look after one another and we have to learn or something like that you know so he says everyone on the line so I listen to that and I'm like literally my heart is pounding again because like I told you <laughs> we gotta do those friends that yeah you don't so like <laughs> Oh my God. So just hearing those words, wow, I was shocked. And obviously that I had to make everyone else run after it's like, if you, it's a really bad feeling. So I am on the line already and I stopped making the times because I'm exhausted and I didn't eat breakfast because I was so scared of, you know, I wasn't really at the time to make sprints. So he screams at me and he's like, you out of all people should make these times. So I just go with it, you know, all my teammates are screaming at me, like, come on, come on, like, you know, because if I wasn't making the times, he was going to make us run more. Yeah, no, of course, of course. <laughs> so, and was, was, it, was it different being in that training environment for you? Because were you, you were, did you ever experience that before? No, I actually never experienced that ever. Because like, there, there's, there's so many different coaching styles and so many, you know, philosophies on coaching. Um, and it seems like that coach at, at your college was just very rough and just, you know, that was his style of getting the best out of you. You weren't yeah. used to that, huh? No, not at all. And I had how, a... How did, you, how did you adapt to that? <sighs> well, from these... First of all, from that moment, I was never late to any practice. I was one of the first people. <laughs> I'm someone that's very punctual, so I got to, you know, give it to him for telling me that. But since then, I said... This is something I don't want to experience ever again. So I'm going to work hard, you know, coming in next year. I am going to be prepared. I'm going to do the work prior to coming into preseason. And that's what happened. And um, this was my freshman year, my sophomore year in spring. Spring is usually when you run more than a touch the ball because of the NCAA rules. So in spring, we actually run the most. And... I did well that spring, my sophomore year, and I eventually, at the award ceremony, he gave me the most improved award. And from then on, um, I kept on improving and working, just putting my head down, working, because I said, I don't want to experience what I experienced as my freshman year. And then my junior year, we had a different head coach um, because of we weren't doing well. Um, and then 
I was one of the most fit in my spring junior year and I won MVP. Um, she gave me the MVP award. And then come senior year, I am the captain of my team. Wow, that's, a, that's an amazing transformation from a freshman, Paola, to senior year, Paola. It, it seems like you kind of had to hit that rock bottom feeling to just like skyrocket up. And, you know, that one experience where you were late and you were like, never again, it turned into like the complete opposite from black to white. Now you're the first one to training every time. That's, I mean, that, 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 that's definitely a shift in your mindset. You know, it's, I feel like people have a shift in their mindset when two things happen. It's either when they hit rock bottom or they experience something truly horrific, you know, or two is that they're able to put themselves into uh, another person's perspective or kind of see things from another perspective that's not your own. And that's how I feel like people are able to change their mindset. And for you, you know, getting that experience, you were just able to boom, senior year, captain, had a great year and everything. And I mean, that's, that's an amazing story. I, I feel like a lot of players can relate to that, you know, not coming into training uh, fit or not being able to pass a fitness test. And I mean, it sucks. Feeling sucks. But ultimately, you know, your team is there, your coach is there, and everybody on the team needs to be like at the same level. Everybody needs to push themselves at the same, you know, amount of uh, work ethic, et cetera, et cetera. But that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, Paula, after, after FIU, you graduate. You uh, played your senior year. Did you have any plans to pursue a professional career? Or did that opportunity just come back to you? No, I mean, of course. Um, I It was already set in my mind. I said, after college, I want to be a professional soccer player. That's everything I think of, everything I wish for. Everything was just professional soccer player. You know, obviously you had people telling you, wait, telling you like wait are you sure you want to do that like you know the pay you know all of this I said no like this is what I want to do this is what I'm gonna do so you you were more in it just for the love of the game yeah of course. The pay. of course yeah. and obviously right away I did not get the opportunity but you know my coaches did want to help me um since I did I did so well I had a good relationship with them they helped me right away and they were able to give me some contacts and you know, opportunities. So right right from college, um, I had the opportunity to go to Texas, uh, to Houston, to a semi-pro team. And this was a, a good level team that would potentially open doors for me to, to play pro. And, you know, at the time I was set to go in there, I had an opportunity. And like I said, I take all these opportunities. However, this time was different because, um, a family member was very sick so it was a tough time because you know um not a lot of people could take the people here wouldn't weren't able to take care of that person I was the only one that sort of had free time to to take care of this person and you know so in that sense I decided to put family first so I was with this person taking care of that person for six months. And I potentially, obviously before doing that decision, I talked to my coach about it, uh, asked for her advice. You know, she said, yeah, like this is a situation where you should put your family first. So, um, but she, however, did help me. And she said, oh, there's a team here in, in Miami that is also in the league and WPSL League, it's a semi-pro team, it's called FC Search, you should try out for it, and I was like, yeah, I mean, it's perfect, um, because yeah. when it Close comes to, to home, home yes, exactly. of course. and it's a semi-pro team, so, like, you're not playing every single day, so I had more time to take care of my family member, and I started playing there, it was also a high level, and I met a lot of great people, you know, people that even great players that played in UM or big colleges were in this team. So it was a great opportunity for me. 
That's amazing. You know, and, and it seems like, you know, from everything that you've told me so far, you're able to kind of set your priorities straight and, and, and ways that, okay, this is important for me right now, or this is important for me in the future. And this is what I'm going to do. This is what I need to do. So what I have to do. And, uh, I feel like, you know, it's, it's an important trait to have as, as a person, not only as a player to be able to kind of sit back and lay all your options out on the table and see like, okay, this is what I need to do right now. This is what can wait, et cetera, et cetera. And you were able to do that perfectly, you know, and that, that's, 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 uh, that's really good to hear. But ultimately you played here in, in, in Miami, you were able to stay local, enjoyed uh, playing with a lot of great other players. And now what is Paula doing now? <laughs> so obviously after um, the, the season in WPSL with FC Search, the local team here, um, I was actually able to go to the WPSL Combine. And there uh, I met an agent. And, you know, he was the type to just sell you dreams. And I was a dreamer. So I said yes to everything he told us. And obviously my, my dad was all very supportive. And he said yes to all those opportunities. So he said, oh, there's a great opportunity to Portugal, just pay me this much and pay for your flight, do everything yourself. And I'm like, yes, yes, I'm taking it, I'm going, you know, my dad supported me uh, financially. And we, I went to Portugal for a month on my own. Uh, I trained with a sports agency in Portugal. I stayed there, we were training legit twice a day. It was something that was very strict. The rules were strict. You just live, breathe soccer every single day. And we had tryouts. It was me and three other girls from the combine that were there. And we we had tryouts first with a second division team in Portugal. And the level was not what we expected at all. It was not good competitive you know even the, the girls were the girls in the trials were like wait what are you guys doing here like you should be in division one you know okay. so um then we ended up going and trying out for a division one team and we did we all did very good and the coach we ended up going at a time that you know the coach had already a full squad but he was even willing to take out some girls to put us in the squad and it was a good level However, they had no money, no housing, no food, nothing to offer us. And, and two girls couldn't live like that because they were older and they had bills to pay. They had all this stuff to pay. However, me and an, another girl that were like the younger girls we were like, oh, we can do this. Yes, of course. Like it's your first step in being a pro soccer player in Europe. Like this open door. So we were actually thinking of taking that just you know, maybe having a second job in Portugal, complete different country and living me and her in a house and finding our way to transport to practice or, you know, we're like looking at all these ways to make it work out. But at the end of the day, we're like, no, nah, this is not, this is not a great idea, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it was just another challenge in your way and you wanted to, you know, take it on, whatever. But then again, you laid out, you know, your priorities, the pros and cons, and you saw that it wasn't the, the right opportunity for you. Yeah, and I actually did the pros and cons. Like, I actually wrote them down, <laughs> make that decision. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel like, you know, a lot of players uh, also experience that, where you have a opportunity to go abroad to a completely different country, a completely different culture, uh, different language, etc., and being able to adjust to that isn't easy. And it's not always the best opportunity to take, but I feel like in those little moments that you do go abroad, you learn a lot about yourself and about how the game is played in other parts of the world. Um, did you ever experience that? Did you ever see, you know, little details that was completely different than what you were used to? Yeah, of course. I mean, in Portugal, the whole culture was different, everything. And also the style of play was, um, they were also, like Colombia, they were very, very skillful rather than physical and, and very strong, you know. 
but I liked that and I felt like that was going to improve my game, you know, but because of the other circumstances, I wasn't able to take that opportunity. Yeah, of course. So now, Paula, what are you, what are you up to right now? What, <laughs> what are you up to? You mentioned that, you know, you were studying. Are you still playing? Well, right now, um, obviously after my professional experience with Santa Fe, it's something, um, it's a special experience, not only because I was able to fulfill a dream. My dad was a big influence and when I was in Santa Fe, he actually told me, you know, when I was a little kid, my dream was to play for Santa Fe, play in the stadium and be a professional soccer player and watching my daughter achieve that, you know, he like cried of happiness when he saw me first play in the stadium. So obviously the whole experience was amazing. It wasn't easy either. I wasn't able to adapt so well at first. I had problems with papers and I wasn't able to play um, a lot of the first games. And as soon as my papers were fixed, I was already a starter. I got my first goal as a professional which was huge. It was a, I got a lot of attention from it and I had my first live interview on TV, you know, being interviewed by all the people in Spanish was um, a challenge to me too, but it was a great experience, you know. And then my, my goal was actually uh, featured in the goal of the week and I was number one. So it was also another. That's such experience. a great experience. Yeah, of course. But, you know, there's other things that come to that, you know, people only see the good. They don't really see what it's like to be a female soccer player in Colombia. You know, there's a lot of, um, I, I would say, unfair situations. And that whole experience overall is what made me do what I'm doing now. So after that experience, um, I said I want to give back to female game. I want to improve women's football. I want to grow it. So I'm not going to say that when I got back, you know, I, I was instantly like, let me focus on my studies. I actually wanted to keep playing uh, first. I'm like trying to contact people and doing a highlight and, you know, emailing people to, to maybe play in Europe. That's like one thing I wanted to do. But out of nowhere, I got an internship to work uh, to intern at CONCACAF in the headquarters here uh, under Karina LeBlanc. She's the head women's football department in the head woman. So that experience just shifted my mindset a little more. Um, I, I think I want to be more than an athlete. I want to give back to younger people, to inspire people. And that is why I am studying and doing a master's and I want to be in the football industry because now my passion is to inspire other people, not only just by being an athlete, but doing more. No, that's such a that's such a great story, Paula. It seems, you know, from everything, from the moment you started, you know, even picked up the tennis racket to shifting over to playing soccer to to now, you were able to, you know, shift your mindset until what you want to do like you're doing this but then you see something else that catches your eye and you want to do that and then you can just easily shift that passion over that's such a great quality to have as well but hey paula to wrap it up i always ask these two last questions okay. uh, to everybody that we talk to um they're, they're easy questions it just makes you think a little bit but i'm gonna start off with the first one Paula, what is your definition of being a winner? Ooh, being a winner. <laughs> That's a deep question. <laughs> but I would say being a winner is more than winning championships, more than trophies, more than medals, you know? It comes down to what we've talked about, to your mentality. So if you're someone that wakes up every day and you work for your dream and you love what you're doing every day if you're inspiring people if you're helping people if you're growing not only yourself but growing other people like you're you're winning you're a winner i like it i love it i love it and then the second question is if you could what advice would you give a 13 year old paula 
well, 13 years old, I, I was just starting to play soccer. <laughs> but um, obviously, I, I had a lot of problems when it came to my self-confidence at some times. And um, I was lucky enough to have people around me, not only my dad, like I've, I've spoken about, but also my coaches that believed in me and they helped me a lot. So, but if I myself had all that confidence in myself, uh, I would tell myself to believe in myself more. And also when I was younger, um, I was kind of scared to make mistakes sometimes. So I would be, I would tell myself, don't be scared to make mistakes, you know, take risks when it comes to playing on the field, like play your game, be creative, you know, and most importantly, enjoy each moment. Love it. Love it. Well, guys, that was the end of our episode with Paula Quintero. Paula, thank you so much for your time. It was such an honor listening to your story. I hope you enjoyed it. Keep an eye out. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, you can subscribe now. Remember, this is the Winner's Circle, a podcast where we dive deep into the mindset of professional soccer players. And that's it for today. Until the next time. See you later, guys.